Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Elena Polson, Chief Communications Officer for Clear Creek ISD, and welcome to a special uh, back-to-school edition of Car Rider Line. For those that are new to this, this is our, our bi-weekly podcast, and we record it live via Facebook to allow our families to join in on the conversation. But at the end of this session, this will be available as a podcast that family members, students alike can listen to while they're walking to school or sitting in the car rider line, as many of our families are doing this week as we um, have brought back our phase two students. But today we are going to discuss our third and final phase of our reopening plans, and that's welcoming back the remaining brick and mortar students to school on Monday. Uh, We've talked about this subject many, many times over the last several weeks, but it sure bears the time and reinforcement as well as lessons that we've learned along the way. Um, Today, I'm joined with uh, familiar faces to our live stream sessions. Ms. Holly Hughes, who's our Assistant Superintendent of Elementary Education. Ms. Marina Keaton, who's our Coordinator of Health Services. And Dr. Karen Engle, who is our Assistant Superintendent of Secondary Education. Um, let's talk briefly about the experiences our brick and mortar students have had so far. So this uh, last week we brought back pre-K, kindergarten, sixth grade, ninth grade, and groups of special education students. So uh, Ms. Hughes, let's start with you. How did the first week go? Quite amazing. It has been an amazing start. Um, I'm so proud of our teachers. I'm so proud of our parents and mostly our kids. My goodness, our um, pre-K and kindergarten students are wearing their mask and wearing them well, wearing them all day and doing a great job. Um, I thank you parents for supporting that first teach at home on mask wearing and getting accustomed to that because they are doing a fabulous job and modeling it from the minute they get out of the cars up to the door they're um, doing a great job all day long our teachers have been um, have worked so hard and our campus staff to make this a great experience and it has been um, incredible to have this transition to have our youngest learners in the building by themselves and have this start has been incredible Um, we are anxious though to have all the rest of our families back Um, we have implemented our safety measures um, as far as distancing, protocols, lunch plans, um, and it's given us a chance as a, as a faculty to learn from these classrooms and to be ready to apply those for next week. So um, honestly, it has gone um, beyond um, our expectations of um, launching back, and I'm thankful for the support that we've had across the board um, and very proud, very proud of our teachers, very proud of our kids and thankful for our parents. You've had the opportunity to go campus to campus. What are you seeing in the classrooms? Oh my gracious. I'm seeing kindergarten, pre-kindergarten, special education, working like it should and um, learners and engagement and um, and teachers persisting and kids persisting on um, and, and class and happy. Behind the mask, you know, their smiles because you see the twinkle in their eyes. It is, um, it is learning um, back to the first weeks of schools as it should be. Um, but math and literacy and routines, lots of lots of learning of routines and learning the bathroom process and some different things like that that have changed a little bit for us all. But um, it's been great. It really has. Um, they are um, highly engaged, um, thankful family, thankful families, thankful teachers to have kids back in their classrooms and certainly kids that are um, engaging in the learning. It's been incredible. And meanwhile, we have Clear Connections online learning program going, and that's going well. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. I mean, we have definitely been growing in our progress, and um, our Clear Connection teachers have um, 
my and, and all of our school to home teachers that have been doing that have been um, have have progressed so far and have conquered so much. But um, our learning environments have been thriving. One of the greatest things that we loved about the first week is that our teachers already knew our fa our students, and so um, the first day when we do welcome back the rest of our students, it is a great thing in an elementary school campus to have the teachers already knowing their their students, and they can't wait to see them live and in person. So um, that will be another um, great part to see happen this next week. Dr. Engel, how is the first week of school for intermediate and high school? Really mirrors what Ms. Hughes has said. It's been so exciting to have sixth graders at that intermediate school, they look a little young and they look a little confused. And so the teachers are in the hallways, the staff, and we'll have SLO officers helping them find rooms. They've got their schedules, they're looking. So it's been wonderful to allow them to feel comfortable with the building lunches we do have they have assigned seats most of them have assigned seats they're marked off just like Miss Hughes said so many safety measures in place and it's allowed us an opportunity to make sure that we have perfected those you know and work through those but they have done a wonderful job going through the lunch lines finding their classes but what's really exciting is they're seeing their friends and they're kind of you can tell they're smiling under the mask they're looking for their friends so it's been it's been very exciting a little bit different environment. The classrooms, the desks are spread out. We're not used to that. So we have social distancing everywhere. Um, hand sanitizers, lots of lots of opportunity to make sure that we're following those protocols. Same thing with ninth grade. Um, they feel like they're pretty important in ninth grade. Mm -hmm. They have um, one fourth of the students in a very large building. So they are walking around like they own it. They do know where their classes are. They're meeting with their teachers and I, had, I, I saw this, and I just had to share this. This was from a high school principal. He just wrote me a note. He said, I want to pass along that I had two teachers who came by to talk to me separately. They were crying, not because of the issues we're having, but because of the connections they're making with students. That was the answer. They are saying that the students are just so grateful to be back in school. That's high school. So high school students aren't always that emotionally attached. So we're very excited that they're glad to be back and learning. You know, there's been so many downsides to this pandemic, but there's also been, we talked about this yesterday, this amazing disruption that really forced us to reimagine. And that's just not a word that we throw out there. And so some of these first week practices uh, may become part of our culture in Clear Creek ISD mm -hmm. moving forward because of the win-win. When you think about a ninth grader walking into a high school, with 2,500 students on the first day and now having good two weeks, oh. they'll be showing the sophomores and juniors around that may have forgotten where their <laughs> classes are by the time they get into school on Monday. So that's been yeah. really great. Ms. Keaton, you have done an amazing job. I, you know, people don't necessarily know the, just the tremendous amount of time your team puts forward in keeping our schools safe and healthy. And when you think about the size of our, our school district, 45 campuses, 5,000 employees, and granted, we don't have all 42,000 students in our buildings, but to be able to say that today we have two active cases in Clear Creek ISD is phenomenal. And I think that really speaks volumes to the work that you have done on the front end, guiding our campus staff, mm -hmm. our superintendent, our board, through all of the measures that need to be in place so that we can reopen schools safely. So how are you doing? 
<laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing busy, but I'm doing well. Um, it has been good, you know, and I, I want thank you so much for the compliments and for that accolade there. Um, but just really, that that's not, um, an, an, it's not a siloed effort. Um, it is a team effort, and it is um, one of the most critical pieces that we've seen as part of this team is the parents. Um, you know, we've had outreaching, even though we only have a select student, a student population on campus right now, we are receiving um, reports and we're receiving information from parents even in clear connections if their students mm -hmm. ill you know if students are ill they are staying home the parents are partnering with us and um, they're doing our, their part to support us as we've asked um, to be able to keep ill students home and that is big that's a big part of what has been able to keep us where we are um, with just those two cases currently so um, for sure you know I think moving forward and in what is very critical to um, continue to do is that those self-health assessments, when we bring brick and mortar students back, those need to be done daily. Um, it's not any formal process really, other than you're gonna have a conversation with your student, check in on them, look for changes um, in their health. And if you notice any of those, just um, you know keep them home for the day. Um, if it's not something that's within their normal illness pattern for them and go ahead and partner with us for that to help try to keep that, um, any of, of that infection in our schools down. And that self-health assessment, uh, which was a really neat added feature pretty late into our reopening plans, but through Skyward Family Access, um, parents can go in there and you can self-report your student um, having signs of COVID-19 and that mm -hmm. you're, you're keeping them at home. And so that really allows our nurses to start triaging and talking to you early on instead of what traditionally was, would happen is you would send in a note asking for an excused absence or you email the teacher directly so this is it brings a little bit more of a structure around our absenteeism system and so that's been working really well and um magnets should be refrigerator magnets should be in mailboxes this week so put that on your refrigerator do that daily health self-assessment prior to sending your student to school in the morning and if they exhibit any one of those symptoms just go into your Skyward Family Access account and it's right there on the front wall of your login and go ahead and report your student to us. That really is doing the part that's going to help us continue to move forward. It's so important to do the two things if, they're, if a student is coming back to campus to have completed that screening and that they are symptom free and that they're wearing their mask, that they're prepared for that day. That is critical to us as we move forward and um, I, I know that everyone's anxious to get their kids back mm -hmm. to school and to move on with their work life but it is going to be imperative that if we um, if we have symptoms that they're staying home and that there's a care plan um, we will be contacting parents if they are symptomatic to come and pick them up at school immediately so um, that is something that we want to continue to work through and uh, make sure that we're all doing our part to to, to keep everyone in school. Right. And as we've talked about on several times on this program the, the symptoms of COVID-19 in isolation may seem very minor. And so, you know, if your child wakes up with a sore throat, do they keep them home? So initially, if that's not something that they suffer with on a regular basis tied to allergies or an underlying condition, I'd say yes, keep them home for that day. Um, if you can report that to the nurse through the Skyward Family Access, we're gonna make every effort within 24 hours to follow up a nurse from the campus um, or one of our clinic aides to follow up and reach out to you and your family to see how you are doing. Um, and, and kind of where that goes. Um, you know, if we can just kind of take that pause day and that pause time mm -hmm. to reassess your student, um, as, as disruptive as that seems to maybe your daily schedule or maybe to where we are, as, as Ms. 
Hughes has mentioned, wanting to bring everybody back, it really on the front end helps prevent um, big outbreaks in schools. Um, so, you know, we have uh, the ability, we have um, dedicated nurses who are working through our COVID efforts for if a campus nurse reports a situation of either an exposure. So if you know you have a confirmed exposure in your home or in your, in your family circle that you've been recently around, um, please keep those students home as well. Um, if there's any confirmed exposures to positive cases that you know of for your student and then, you know, if they become symptomatic as well. But we have dedicated nurses once the, um, the campuses report that to us um, that work through those cases and try to touch base within 24 hours to try to see how you're doing health-wise. And from an attendance purpose, um, I, I do, because there's a question down here, is like, can they still be participating in the academic side if they just have a sore throat. And that's we talk about that disruption piece, that the ability to stay on schedule with your coursework starting the school year with everybody online has been really amazing when you think about if you have to sit out for a day or two, it's not how it used to be. Absolutely, it is a change, and um, it's, and we uh, the students will can be counted present if they're engaging in the coursework that day. So that is a change for this year. It's a change for across the state of Texas, and it's certainly a change in Clear Creek ISD. It's something that we're all getting used to, um, but we would much rather a student say stay well, stay home, and stay engaged um, rather than come to school and impact an entire unit or a group of, of, of people for an extended period of time. So this is all about trying to take those um, careful steps forward. I don't know, Dr. Engel, if you... Well, something that we've really worked on <clears throat> secondary is, and I know they have elementary too, but using its learning as our platform, we certainly have done that in the past, but not to this extent. We have... Every teacher is posting their lessons on its learning. They're posting their information. So if you have to be out, then it's very easy for the student to get online and get on its learning and, and go ahead and keep up with the assignments. So we have made that a priority all summer. And basically, even last spring, we were starting to work on that. But that is a priority for all teachers. And they've done an outstanding job. They have. So it really is when we talk about synchronous and asynchronous, we've done a lot of education on that. So if your child has any one of those symptoms, keep them home. If they're well enough, get on its learning and follow along, check in, do the work, submit it, correspond with your teacher, and you would be marked present for that day. And they're also not falling behind. Because 14 days, when you think about it, keeping someone home for 14 days out of the instructional cycle is an extremely long time. So that's really a, a great attribute to its learning and the work that's been done to get us to where we are today. Miss um, Keaton, uh, this is flu season um, as well. So let's talk about vaccinations. As, so as we bring in more and more students, what do families need to make sure that they have taken care of prior to Monday returning to brick and mortar? Um, always a flu shot is recommended. That is not a requirement, though, to um, attend the first day of school and coming back to brick and mortar. Um, it is still a state requirement that immunizations are up to date um, for entry into public school, and those can be found online at the Department of State Health Services. Um, you can also make sure you're working with your campus nurse on that. If you have an updated immunization record or you have questions about immunizations, um, the campus nurse roster is on our health services page um, through departments and health services on the CCISD webpage, and you can email a copy of an updated immunization record to campus nurses to get that process going for them to begin checking through. They've already made those efforts since, um, you know, beginning of August to start making contact with that, but please um, know that those need to be up to date before returning to campus. Let's talk a little bit about the difference between an um, active COVID-19 case 
and a more of a community case of COVID-19. That's an important piece because we know families and staff members know of someone, of someone who may be at home recovering from COVID-19, but they don't see that number on our dashboard. Why would that be the case? So although our um, positivity rates for both counties are falling, we obviously are not um, immune to having COVID-19 in our community. Um, what we are doing and what our responsibility even through um, TEA and asking for reporting is, is to monitor and report those cases within our school system that made an impact to students or staff within our school. So that means um, an active case for us and how we're defining that would be that um, a person has been on campus either while they were symptomatic or two days prior to that and then they get tested for COVID-19 and it comes back as a confirmed positive case. That would be an active case that has had an impact on our district. Um, and once that happens, we get those reports. Um, a building notification does go out and will be communicated by the end of the day. Um, we will immediately begin the contact tracing part of that as well as to identify um, anybody um, who is surrounding that individual and make um, contact with those families or with those staff members um, to let them know the process and their next course of action with that. Um, that Second part of the contact tracing does take some time, so you might get a general building notification uh, that there's been an active case through the building, um, and we will, are working um, within the department to be able, and within the campus, to be able to um, really diligently, we want to make sure that we get those um, close contacts correct, so we would like the time and the patients to be able to work through that on a close contact case. And having worked with the two of you on the case over at Victory Lakes Intermediate, and uh, it really, the seating charts, everything that we had in our protocols, teachers had followed, because when you think about it at the secondary level, that's seven potential classes. And so the desks were spread apart. You knew who was sitting at each desk. Um, Dr. Engel, I'm looking at you because I know you were so deeply embedded <laughs> in that. It was some investigative work, but it worked as planned. I cannot thank the teachers and the campuses enough, as well as Ms. Keaton and working through that. Absolutely, we got those seating charts. We could tell where a student was sitting. We can see how far apart they are from other students. The teachers have done an amazing job of setting up differently than what we're used to. Seating areas at lunch, PE, Everything was marked for us, and they actually have an advisory class, too. There's a lot of classes that these students go to throughout the day, and every one of those was well-marked, and we were able to, to go back and look at it that evening and make sure that anyone that had there was any concern that they were notified that evening. And then can I just say, too, that we were there when the district does come in mm -hmm. and does, um, there's a term for this yes, now. Yes, we, we've named it. It's our pandemic clean team team yes and that pandemic clean team does come in in full gear and they literally do do a thorough cleaning not what we're used to on the campus not a daily at all but a very thorough cleaning and I felt very confident as they opened the doors the next morning that that building was cleaned and mm -hmm. ready for students and staff yeah that was we're, we, um, and then we also learned that we have that team coming in nightly mm -hmm. uh, for contract work because a lot of our campuses are still under bond construction with improvements. And so our facilities department has made that arrangement. So every night, those campuses that are under some level of improvement is having that done on a nightly basis. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we're definitely working for even for the cleaning for when we have a... Mm -hmm a ill child who may have symptoms and we don't have a positive case, then that we're also working on the plans for cleaning those areas as well. So um, it has been a team effort. Yes. And yes. it's an intensified cleaning from yes. a normal, just nightly cleaning when mm -hmm. we have a symptomatic student that we send home. So Yes. And just so the public knows that any presumptive case 
suspected case. When we talk about the team, it's this group right here. I mean, it, it reaches all the way up to the highest levels in the school district to make sure that those protocols and the consistency, everything is falling in line. And if needed, we need we learn from them too and may change some procedures along the way. Um, let's manage parent expectations and student expectations for Monday. We are bringing back the remaining uh, grade levels. And with that comes some new firsts for those groups, as well as you're experiencing the first week of school for the third time. <laughs> so those long car rider lines. Yes, this is the appropriate title for this podcast series because we have fewer bus riders right now. We have fewer students that are riding the bus for all good reasons, and we appreciate your support in that. But that will also cause, for the elementary specifically, we will have longer car rider lines. Even our pre-K and K families that have been coming through and you've been getting through dismissal or arrival pretty quickly, that line is going to be longer on Monday. As a matter of fact, some of our schools will be reaching out to you starting tomorrow and they may be asking by certain alpha last names to maybe stagger your arrival time to to stage your kind of expectations for that day because we know this is going to be typical of a first day in some ways and still a little bit different so we want to make sure that you're not um, waiting that car line rider line longer than you expected to but I do know that Monday is going to be longer than um, our typical just our typical Mondays mm -hmm. so it will be more like a, a first day of school experience where we are making sure that we know for the elementary setting how students are going home on that first day that we have all their contact information and so we will be um, doing a little more um, intensive um, connection on uh, Monday with the rest of our grade levels to make sure that we have that information right. Um, and so I want to make sure that car rider line is appropriate because it's going to be a little bit longer on Monday and I expect it to be longer this year until we find out who's going to be riding the buses home and what that does to our traffic flow around the schools. So just a little, I know we've asked for grace and patience, but uh, Monday is going to be one of those days that we um, are going to be excited. We cannot wait to have all of our students back we're so excited to have them but it will take a little bit more time um, navigating around the building and um, and around our arrival and dismissal times and we're also dismissing in a more controlled way to try to keep the distancing I know it's gonna be a work in progress I imagine that we will probably changing our and altering our plans a little bit as we go so that is something to be aware of as well but campuses will be sending out information starting tomorrow um, evening mm -hmm. And I need to talk just briefly about transportation uh, because they have done an amazing job over there. I, I know that if families that were with us last year about this time, we were in a different place talking about transportation. We had significant challenges with completing bus routes with bus drivers, and we are staffed, and they're ready to go. But bus stops have been routed. So while you'll probably experience delays just because it is going to be the first week of school with all the kids back, um, I think the efficiencies and improvements in trans transportation will be very visible to our community. So we're looking forward to yes. that. Yes. Um, so let's talk about if a student becomes ill at school, what is the protocol, Ms. <laughs> Keaton? So um, definitely they're going to have a referral to the nurse, um, and that is a campus-specific plan um, that's been developed at all the campuses and how that process takes place to make sure we're keeping excuse me, keeping any potentially sick students away from any well students. Um, if it is determined that there are some symptoms going on with the student um, that are consistent with COVID-19, they will be um, moved and, and um, 
to a different location that we're calling a care room. It's just a separated room um, that we're gonna have ill students in. It is staffed by a clinic aide or the nurse, depending on the campus dynamic there um, of how that is working to be able to monitor that. Um, we will make contact with the parents um, at that point to have the student picked up as quickly as possible. So those back to school planning, making sure those emergency contacts and that you have a communication plan within your family and um, a transportation plan if you do have a student that becomes ill during the day um, to be able to have them picked up, make sure your numbers and such are um, updated in Skyward for us to be able to get that. Um, and then, you know, if we will follow, if there's any confirmed case within the end of the day, if, if that's an oddity, but, um, you know, we'd obviously follow the communication plans we've discussed previously. Mm -hmm. Let's talk, I want to um, briefly go back and talk about cleaning because I saw a question or a concern on Facebook here uh, with maybe a and not a right understanding of our cleaning protocols. Our campuses are clean, deeply cleaned every single night. Yes. They are, we have we added custodians yes. to our campuses mm -hmm. to increase the frequent cleaning of high touch areas throughout the building. Every classroom is equipped with cleaning wipes to be used between class periods and as well as, as much as they need to. In the event, that we have a positive case of COVID-19, there is a different level of cleaning that occurs and that can only occur when there's nobody in the building. And that happens at night and it's a specialized team that comes in. And this team also handles our school buses too. So uh, I don't want anyone that's watching to misunderstand our levels of cleaning. They're pretty thorough. Yes. Um, you know, and, and that's definitely been a question too. Whenever students um, leave the, the the classroom and they've been ill, what happens? Um, you know, any area that that student's been in that we're able to identify and trace within that you know certain time of whenever they've been ill, even if it's not with COVID, um, we are doing um, measures to be able to clean those areas to make sure we're decreasing. Um, any potential for a transmission there. Mm -hmm. We're doing our part. I know our parents are doing their part and the students are definitely doing their part. We just we just need to keep working together. The, the moment we let that guard down as we're seeing in colleges across the US, we don't wanna find ourselves that we are disrupting learning any more than we already have since March. So um, our goal is to keep our schools open and healthy for kids. Uh, there was a question about what happens, what's our standard operating procedures if there's more than one student who has been tested positive as COVID-19. And we do have it, it's pretty articulated on our website, it's our standard response protocol. Ms. Keaton, do you wanna talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's going to depend on really where um, the student is in the population of the campus. So we are monitoring the numbers there. It's a dashboard you can look at for the district as well as for your individual campuses. Um, so we're going to go off a percentage of the confirmed positives within a campus. Um, and that will go for students and staff. It's all included in one number um, for that. But we will, um, you know, if, if it gets to a point there's more people brought in and we'll look at it from a health department standpoint, we'll be in consultation with them if our numbers become more than two. Um, and so if that's where we are on a campus, we start um, just looking at things with a little different lens to make sure um, we, ha we have a new app that we're working through on our tracking and tracing part. So with that, we're able to be able to see if there's any students tied to other students in a, in a much easier way. So um. Um, there's a parent here that is asking about what's what happens if, and we have a plan for that. That's how we started school this year. If you have to move a class online because of a potential outbreak in a classroom, mm -hmm. That's school to home. That's what we've been doing. So the class would go home and the teacher would continue, depending on that situation, may continue to instruct from live from her classroom, his or her classroom as they're doing today, or 
perhaps an accommodation is made to have them do that from mm -hmm. home, mm -hmm. but the expectation is that learning would continue. That is our goal, is to continue on with strong instruction. Um, we can't. We want our students back in person, if at all possible. We know that's a great learning environment, but absolutely we want to continue on and not have that disruption in place. So that's why it's so important that we all work together to do that part. Right. Okay, any uh, first week reminders that we need to share with parents? I mentioned transportation. Go to our website, ccisd.net, and find your bus stop, or if possible, Weather the car rider line. <laughs> yes. It will improve over time, but yes. we're trying to social distance as much as we can on the school bus. And um, and that's not a possible, that's probably not a reality. Um, so masks will be required at all times on school buses. What other? So just, I know these are for elementary and for secondary, but masks, face coverings are, are needed from the very get-go and so we definitely need those and to, for elementary still even the upper grades we're anxious to see how that works so we hopefully they've been practicing at home so um, bringing their masks water bottles um, having water bottles for elementary school students refillable water bottles um, are a great will be needed um, we do have refillable stations on on site um, as far as on water with lunches for us for elementary we sure help if they can open or easy open um, and bringing their lunches is a, a great time and a great thing to, and we've been doing a great job with that so far but those um, and snacks since we were kind of extending our lunch periods having a snack that they can we can go outside and have a snack break if at all possible is a great thing um, since the day is long and a lot of kids we found out have been used to having lunch and snacks at home so um, <laughs> if you could plan for those um, that would be great um, and the last thing I, I know we need um, um, certainly library books if you have library books at home but laptops if you are a brick-and-mortar student and you're coming back to school um, next week and you have a laptop we need you to come on back with that laptop as well as their um, charger so you'll be getting information from the schools they'll be contacting you through your teacher and through school-wide um, communication but all those things are things to be thinking about and a reminder that schools have been uh, we've extended the school day by 10 minutes at the end of the day so that just I think from home it's a little different uh, from mm -hmm. keeping up with those arrival and dismissal times so all of our schools are dismissing 10 minutes later uh, this year but Ms. Bolson, don't forget, high school still starts at 7.20. The tardy <laughs> so bell rings at 7.20. The tardy bell rings at 7.20, so it's very early, yes. but And we just, as far as secondary, exactly what Ms. Hughes said, you know, water bottles. We're encouraging students maybe at the beginning to bring their lunch. A lot of our students are accustomed to buying a la carte, which is great, and we certainly want to continue that. But as we begin, we would like to probably the fewer students in those lunch lines during the cafeteria time the better um, we also agendas and planners we need to make sure we are on schedule now you know we've got to make sure that you guys are up and ready to go so just some way to organize and whatever works for you a lot of times students have online organization tools now but whatever works is so important and as Ms. Hughes said, your laptop and that charger. Sometimes that's one of those things that we forget. Put the charger and the mask together, and you'll be set for the day. And the water bottle. We really do need the water. Thank you. Yes. And also at the intermediate level, uh, the they're going to carry their backpacks around with them, so they need to be cautious of that load 
I know that we've had lots of conversations about that too. Absolutely, and the teachers are conscious of that, and we continue to work through that because we're not used to the intermediates carrying those backpacks all day. Most high school students do, and so if you find that they're, please be careful, and if you find that they're, um, your child has too much in the backpack, we need to, to speak to the teacher, and we will relook at that because we're very much re excuse me, readjusting our, our processes on that. You know, let's talk about outdoor activities. There was a student who's who's watching us online from home. Mm -hmm. oh, it must be at lunch. Of course. <laughs> at lunch. Of must course. Be must be at lunch. <laughs> but uh, asking about football and extracurricular activities, will they be ongoing? Yes, they will. We have been the band, the football team, volleyball, we're getting ready to start. So they will be ongoing. We are following all UIL guidelines, and that's a that's a um, state organization that we do, but we are going to have games. Actually, our first volleyball game, let me see, I think we are starting very soon, like next week, is our first volleyball game, which is exciting. And um, soon after, we are starting on the 24th, our first football game. All of our football games have moved to Challenger, Columbia. We will have no games at Veterans Memorial because the stadium is larger at Challenger, Columbia, to facilitate social distancing but we are excited now we will have some live streaming of all those games from the stadium but we still will have some opportunity for students to attend um, the tickets will be all online we'll have no paper tickets and the seating will be limited so we encourage you to get those tickets early and get out and support your team and the same with volleyball things will be limited miss Hughes Dr. Engel and Ms. Keaton, you know, there's been questions and even some confusion about when you wear a face covering outdoors. Uh, so for recess, PE, is it, I, mean, I know we're designing time in the school day to get elementary kids some breaks. We are, we are. When we can keep that distancing and we can go outside and, and create that distant space, then the masks are off. That's definitely a goal. We are still trying to look at every landscape of every campus. It's a little different as far as the outdoor play fields in this play area. So that's and something, adult supervision. And adult supervision, yes. And so, I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, making that self-regulation too to help our students realize when they can and when they can't mask. And that's a part of what we'll be teaching again as part of our first day expectations. That first day back on campus will be a lot of going through teens processes and procedures and expectations um, in a new environment and the brick and mortar environment that they haven't had online and so that will be something that we will definitely be addressing. And for athletics and PE at the secondary level? Yeah, it's the same thing that we wear um, face coverings throughout the day in the building but when they go outside if students are participating in vigorous activity outdoors and they're taking those face coverings off. We're hopeful for a cool front soon, so we can all be outside more. So, yes. And much of the yes. guidelines, especially for athletics and fine arts, are governed by the UIL. Is that correct? So we're following state guidelines on face coverings and when and how they're supposed to wear them. Yes, we are. And, and we're aligned with everyone else in the, in the state on that. But we are probably as we're pretty cautious on that, and I would say even on the indoor sports and PE indoors, unless it's a very vigorous activity, they are still wearing that face covering. Yep. 
Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> we are. I, I second that, and I support it. So there we are. We are also working to create as much distance as Absolutely. we can, yes. so that we can't yes. take the and, off. And, so. and you know, if, if that's a, and, and we need to reinforce it, the why. I mean, the, the why is that you know we have a large community. When you think about a high school, it's yeah. in some respects like a small little city. So we have to do what we need to do to um, keep those schools open, mm-hmm. and it goes back to following the health guidelines. Yes, and obviously if there's a, an, an issue or a concern if a student is outside and they become overheated, the priority is to take the mask off. We don't want a mask on anybody who's having trouble breathing. So um, encouraging them if that's a piece that they understand that they need to step away from other students, even if it's at a time, and just touch base with their teacher or their supervising adult there and step away from others to be able to take that mask off. We don't want anybody wearing a mask whenever it's a problem if they can't breathe. So. Uniquely, we found many of the younger students not wanting to take their mask yes. off. That once that mm-hmm, is on, even if outside and they have a mask break time, they do not want to remove that. So that has been um, an unexpected piece that we face. But if there's students that are participating in athletics outdoors and they're six feet, they could socially distance, they're not wearing their face coverings, and nor do we want them to be wearing them during vigorous physical activity. I think there's still a little confusion about that, and we'll do our part to try to clear that up through uh, communication. Parents and grandparents are such partners in our schools, and so we do need to just kind of revisit the visitor practice that we're going to launch this third phase. We've already had it for the second phase, but parents and grandparents will not be permitted to have lunch with their child. Uh, That's very difficult for us to even say out loud because it's not part of our culture, but it is really because we need every inch of space to spread students out because they can't be wearing face coverings while they're eating literally every inch of space and I to this every inch of space is being used for lunch and so we are definitely looking to see as we progress over time if how volunteers or how visitors how that might shift over time but um, at this point that is absolutely where we are starting to get those processes and procedures down um, and and monitor our situation. Right. I think our phase four of our reopening plans will address visitors and volunteers because we want them back into our buildings. We just need some time to work through that process. Um, but So that information will be forthcoming. I feel like I'm looking at this and I think we've lots of questions about masks and physical activities. We'll get those addressed in, in pretty clear communication. I understand the, the questions. Um, we have had a few students who have either broken a mask or lost a mask or forgotten a mask. We do have masks for them. Um, they tend to like their cute mask and their cool mask from home much better than what we provide them. So, I'd And as we are still in the hot months, I would encourage if you have more than one to send with the student for the day to make sure that they have a clean one to change if they need to. And that's obviously a good idea as well. That's a good, good point. Mm-hmm. And also, to especially for the younger learners, we want them to come home with the same mask. <laughs> that they left with and didn't share it with a friend. So that's, you know, those are, when I was over at Weber Elementary, it was precious, not that they were sharing masks, they were sharing hand sanitizer, but kids are so friendly with one another that we do need to, no different than don't share food, don't share your face covering, don't share your water bottle, all those things that are important, um, especially for the youngest ones. And that might be important for all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they may see a friend at the bus stop who didn't bring a face covering and say, here, I have an extra one. Probably not a good idea. There's fresh ones on the school bus, so if we have disposable face coverings on school buses as well as in the schools. So if you forget one, we have a clean, unused one for you at the school or on the bus. In closing, let's close out this session. I'm going to start with you. Ms. Hughes, any final thoughts? Oh, my goodness. Just that we cannot wait to have full buildings again. Um, 
I can't thank our parents um, enough in partnering with us in this um, school-to-home learning time. Uh, not what we ever imagined for the start of the school year, but um, we're super thankful for your patience and support, and we are looking forward to continuing working together as we go into this next phase. Um, we're looking in all ways to continue to improve um, as we start, and so um, just patience in that car rider line, and you can listen to this again, perhaps, um, <laughs> as you wait, because we are going to be getting, we always get better. We start with a longer line, and we get better, so, um, and a thanks to our, our um, community and our, our staff. Um, I cannot thank our teachers and our leaders and our, uh, our school staff enough across the district and in these school buildings of what they have done to pull together a successful start to the school year. It's been incredible. Right, thank you. Ms. Keaton? Um, I just want to thank the whole community as well as um, the CCISD staff and, and um, teachers um, that, you know, really just the support that's been out there to make sure that we um, are doing everything as a community um, between all of us to make sure that we stay healthy and um, continuing those practices. We've done a great job so far, and I just want to see that continue. I mean, that's a team effort um, all the way from the top down. So I just am um, appreciative of that and continue with that. Um, if we are in um, doing an assessment on your student for illness, have some patience with us and the nursing staff. They are working um, in a new territory that they have um, never previously worked in, and so um, they're assessing skills are there and they're strong and just um, have some patience with us as we work through and making sure that if we want to have some time to monitor your student or have you monitor your student at home that you um, partner and support us on that piece. Thank you. Dr. Engel? Just reiterating what everybody said, but really we are so looking forward to having our schools full again with students. I know the teachers are looking forward to it, the administrators, but we cannot thank everyone enough, as, as it's been said, for partnering, for working together, for helping us through this time. We are re-imaging education. Mm -hmm. and, and with that, that's such a good statement because it will look different, but in a lot of ways, in a, in, it's better. I mean, we are working towards aligning, we're working towards communicating whether you're at school or whether you're at home and learning whether you're at school or at home. So we look forward to everybody coming back. Thank you again. And probably I'd like to say to the teachers and the staff have made this happen. And for, for that, we cannot thank you enough. So we look forward to it and it's going to be a, a great year. It is. Uh, for the, you know, this session was all about brick and mortar, and so we also want to just make sure that our Clear Connections families know that you continue on as you've been doing, and you're doing a great job. But that process still continues, as well as uh, you can go to your school to do grab and go lunch. So Clear Connections, you just keep moving forward. As um, this isn't a new phase for you, you just keep going. Uh, but there is our nine week. We do need to talk about that because we've had lots of questions. I apologize for prolonging the session, but it is. We need to talk about it. We so, if, if the family, if a family is in brick mortar or clear connections, and they need, they want to because their situation has changed, transition in or out, there is a process that will be communicated to them. Ms. Yes. Hughes, do you want to talk about yes. that? Yes. Next week, our campuses will be sending out information about the process to transition from um, clear connections back to brick and mortar. Um, that major shift will happens at the nine week point, but we need to know earlier so that we can start working with staffing and plans and all that goes with that. So we will be asking, um, reaching out to all clear connection families um, next week at the campus level. And um, we will ask that you submit your, your information back 
contact or your request to us by September 25th um, so that we can plan um, for the nine-week change. So that gives a campus, uh, families time to see uh, what it is that's best for their family um, decision moving forward. But um, we know that some need to stay in a Clear Connections environment, and we know that some are ready to transition back to um, the true brick-and-mortar learning. And so information will go out next week. Deadline will be September 25th, and we'll move on from there. So um, there'll be some more shift up there, but yes. we'll, it'll be... Uh, We'll be ready. Yeah, and I think we'll probably have another session to talk through that process for parents because it's it's um, it's really important that that communication is clear and understood um, when families are making that decision. So with that being said, I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap up today's session of Car Rider Line. I want to thank you for joining us. And I'd like to thank you for joining us too, uh, whether you're watching us on Facebook or listening through a podcast. This session, along with all the other episodes, will be available on our website, as well as through your podcast app on your cell phone. So um, we'll be back probably as early as next week because we want to do a check-in to see how our third first week of school is going <laughs> and uh, so we'll see you then until then have a great day thank you